that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's Market Down Monday. We are talking about the Heisman Trophy, something that is synonymous with college football greatness, something that is more and more synonymous with Ohio State football. And we are asking, when will Ohio State have its next Heisman Trophy finalist, and who will it be? So it's the tandem of those two things. You can't just say, oh, I think it'll be this guy before the end of his career. We're marking it down. We've got to be specific. We're marking it down to a specific year. So I'm here with Doug Maurice and Stephen Means. I'm Nathan Baird. We're all with Cleveland.com, as you all know. Doug, just in your time on this beat, it seems like this has changed a little bit in terms of the way Ohio State and the Heisman Trophy have a relationship. They were always a team. I mean, they've got the most – I think they still – don't they share the, the record for most Heisman Trophy winners? Yes. Still with seven. And – so it's not like any historic program is going to have a, a decent amount of Heisman Trophy candidates, if not winners, and Ohio State's certainly in that conversation. They have the back-to-back -back Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin, in 1974-1975. But at that time, and in, certainly in the preceding or the, or the following three or four decades, not a lot of Ohio State players involved in the discussion and then now an abundance of them in the discussion. So I guess just how have you seen that change just in your time covering this program? So my second year on the beat, Troy Smith wins the Heisman, which is, you know, kind of a big deal. He's from Cleveland. This is cleveland.com. So I very, very, very vividly remember writing a story before a season. I don't know if it was before the 2009 season or the 2010 season, whether it was Terrell Pryor's sophomore year or junior year. And I talked to the guy who was like the Heisman pundit at the time. And I talked to people about like sort of the history of the Heisman and where it was. And the idea of it was that like, if you are the Ohio State quarterback, you just are a Heisman candidate, right? That like that, that wouldn't, that wasn't necessarily like history wouldn't tell you that, but I felt like Troy Smith kind of ushered that in. Cause listen, again, I've told this story before I asked Todd Beckman, a Heisman trophy question in the, during the 2007 season. Cause listen, man, like they were number one and he was playing pretty good. So it's like, I, you know, like that's now he didn't turn out to be reasonable. And I can remember his eyes like sort of widening and like, I wasn't joking. Right. I mean, but as it turns out, not the greatest question. You're saying his eyes widening as in he, you gave him hope that he didn't have before or his eyes widening in like, what, what is this guy even talking about? I mean, I think it's sort of like if someone came up to me and was talking like to me about like the most handsome man in the world on the cover of People magazine. And if someone said, you know, I think you could win the most handsome man in the world this year. And I'd be like, no. Or could I? You know, like, it's like, I mean, at first it sounds crazy, but I'm kind of good looking. Like Todd Beck was like, well, I'm no Troy Smith, but I did throw three touchdown passes against Penn State. Right. I think I, I probably asked it. His best game was at Penn State. They played really well. So I believed that when I wrote it, that like Terrell, it's like, is Terrell Pryor a Heisman candidate? Like, what's even a Heisman candidate mean? And then he never sniffed. I mean, he, he never finished in the top 10. Right, he was good, but that was even like, hey, Jim Trestle offense, it's limited. But then, and as you just said before this podcast, like basically every 
Ohio State starting quarterback since Terrell Pryor has finished in the top five of the Heisman voting. So I was a little early on that, but that has become a little bit of a truism that I think back in 2009 when I was writing, it was a little bit of a reach. Now it's almost like a duh, you know, because of the offense that Ohio State's played. But as we've talked about many times on this podcast, everybody listening to this knows this, the Jim Trestle offense did not quite lend itself to that, particularly at a time when the Big 12 had evolved in a run-and-shoot way, where even like, you know, a quarterback in the Big 12 was going to double the stats of an Ohio State quarterback. So it's like, yeah, the Ohio State quarterback, in theory, I guess is a candidate, but you've got to look beyond the stats, right? Now we're at a place with the Ohio State offense where you don't have to look beyond the stats because the stats in this offense, in the Ryan Day style of offense, with the skill players they have, not only is the, the performance and the natural talent and skill of the Ohio State quarterback going to be worthy of that, the stats have now risen to that point too. So to your point, Nathan, my long-winded answer that included my own push for my candidacy of most handsome man in the world on the cover of People magazine, it's a new era in Ohio State football because the stats are in a different place than they were 10 years ago, and we know how much stats matter in a Heisman Trophy race. Well, some numbers that you shared with us just from Ohio State history before we started the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and, and relate them here because I think they speak to what you're saying. Archie Miller wins the Heisman Trophy back-to-back 1974. And I say Archie Miller. Archie Griffin wins the Woo! Archie Griffin wins the Heisman Trophy back-to-back 1974-75. Uh, Archie Miller was not a candidate. I mean, and at one time, at one time, anymore. when he got hired – I mean, if, if, if Ohio State would have hired Archie Miller instead of Chris Holtman and you would have said, who's your favorite Archie, Ohio State fans, they might have said, I'll tell you what, this Archie Miller guy, the stuff he did at Dayton, he's coming up. And it's like, nope, not it. Over the next 36 years, Ohio State had 11 top 10 finishes. That includes Eddie George and Troy Smith both winning the Heisman Trophy. But they were not. So that's an average of one every three years, three plus years. They're having just a top 10 finisher. And those, a top 10 finisher is sort of a fringe candidate if you're at the end of the top 10. Like that, in, a certain, in some years, that means you weren't really that serious of a candidate. Then, starting in 2012, they've had nine top 10 finishes in the last, whatever that is, eight years, nine, nine years. years. So nine in the last nine years, including a year where they had three in the top six. But almost, uh, very consistently, almost one per season. So, Stephen... Do you think that – because obviously all through that time, Ohio State was still pretty strong. We've talked before about that. Ohio State doesn't really have dips. I mean, they're a pretty consistently relevant national program throughout its history, certainly throughout these past 50 years, even including that stretch where they didn't have an annual top 10 Heisman finisher. But what do you think it says that we've seen this increase here lately? Does it tell you something – do you think it's reflective in – what Ohio State is doing in terms of its competition at the national level. I think that's part of it. I, I mean, first of all, I guess stats, the, the production that they're putting out there, the talent level that's at specifically quarterback more than anything else is, has taken obviously a huge uptick since then. But I also think that there is a, a part of this that's just Ohio State quarterbacks aren't coming out of nowhere, right, when they end up being a Heisman Trophy finalist. You kind of expect it. And so there is a bit of that, you know, 
the preseason push that's already there that they get to kind of climb on. Even with Justin Fields, like he was among the Heisman favorites the moment he stepped on Ohio State's campus, and he hadn't even taken a snap in a spring practice yet. And the kind of the to a lesser extent, Dwayne Haskins was kind of there, and then he threw what like twenty touchdown passes in his first three games, and it was off and running by then. Braxton Miller had. Outside of the 2012, uh, 2011 season, excuse me, where it's just a mess, it's, he's Braxton Miller, right? He, I mean, he's Braxton Miller. Like, look at what he's doing out here. That's a Heisman Trophy guy right there. And then JT Barrett was just consistently in, in the conversation as well. And so I think it is a good place to start with Terrell Pryor because that's where, like, after Troy Smith won the Heisman, Ohio State quarterbacks were probably one of the more famous college football players in the country. It might be the most famous college quarterback in the country on any given year. And so the expectation of being a Heisman Trophy finalist is already in place. I don't think it's a coincidence that Urban Meyer comes in, changes the way that this program recruits, and now it's an annual thing, right, Doug? I mean, that that has to play into – now that it's been going, you go all the way back to 2012 with this now. And it's a little bit weird because JT Barrett is a finalist as a freshman in 2014 and then isn't a finalist again. So there's a little bit of a gap in there. There was 2016-17 that they didn't have a finalist, but every other year they've had a finalist. I don't think it's a coincidence that, and I think it, be, it becomes more than a trend at this point. Like it's been going on long enough now that it it is a reasonable expectation that Ohio State fans should expect to have a top 10 finisher if not a finalist in the Heisman Trophy voting every year. So the nine times they've had a finalist in the last nine years, Braxton Miller from Ohio, Braxton Miller from Ohio, JT Barrett from Texas, Ezekiel Elliott from Missouri, Dwayne Haskins from Maryland, Justin Fields from Georgia, Chase Young from Maryland, J.K. Dobbins from Texas, Justin Fields from Georgia. So, and if you look before that, um, Troy Smith from Ohio, Joe Germain from Arizona, Orlando Pace, Ohio, Eddie George, Philadelphia, Chris Spielman, Ohio, Keith Byers, Ohio, Arch Schleister, Ohio, Archie Griffin, Ohio. So, I mean, that's no surprise to anybody, right? But um, it is, I think there are three factors here that are leading Ohio State to have more frequent top 10 finishers in the Heisman voting. One is the style of offense, which is what we said at the top, the stats and the style of offense that it's not. You know, like there was a time when like David Klingler and Andre Ware and guys like that at the University of Houston and the run and shoot, like it was just, they played a different style of football and the whole world has now caught up to that. And Ohio State was one of the last ones. The Big Ten was one of the late adopters on that, but everybody's there. Joe Burrow's there. Trevor Lawrence is there. Justin Fields is there. It's, it's not that these smaller school guys have much bigger stats. So the, the style of offense and the stats matters. National recruiting matters. You're getting more five-star guys who are at this level. I do think that matters. But I also think this goes to sort of what people have talked about a lot with the playoff. There's been a consolidation in college football. And I think in the old days when Ohio State between 1988 and 1994 didn't have a top 10 finisher in the Heisman Trophy, there were just a lot more like kind of different schools in there. But because of the playoff, the emphasis on the playoff, the fact that Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma have dominated the playoff. It is also no coincidence that those schools have dominated the Heisman Trophy race because it has really gotten to the point where it is hard to win the Heisman if your team isn't in the playoff race. And there's only like 10 teams that even have a chance to be in the playoff race in a given year. And in each year, there's really only six or seven that are in the playoff race. And most of the time, it's from the same group of teams. So that consolidation of college football 
has made it harder for everybody else, but it's no coincidence that Ohio State has more Heisman winners because Ohio State is in that top pack, and the top pack is what it's all about. To that I, I point, think- the last two Heisman Trophy winners were also on the national championship team. So, yeah, to that point. Well, I think it's, it's a tremendous point to make because you can go back to very recent history. I mean, these are names that I think a lot of people might have forgotten. 2013, Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois quarterback top three finish 2012 Colin Klein quarterback from Kansas State top three finish um even when you were having sometimes you know Cole Brennan from Hawaii in 2007 that kind of goes towards more what you were talking about with the the Houston guys right guys who just put up massive stats and I think he he sort of falls into that similar category it wasn't like it was an annual thing that you were getting the quote-unquote like weird entries but they were still happening It, it, it it seemed more plausible and, you know, Michael Bishop from Kansas state in the late nineties. Um, so I, and Iowa state running back, Troy Davis, obviously he had a great career and was a, a runner up finish one year. So sometimes the, even at power five, the smaller power fives, like more mid-level power fives, it seems more plausible that they could have finalists. You go back and look at who it's been in the last three years, the top three finishers, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio state, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. And then even if you go down four or five, you're still getting a lot of times playoff teams or other national powers. And I, Stephen, that's kind of what I was hinting at before. Like it almost seems it's, it's a chicken before the egg discussion a little bit. Like, do you need Heisman trophy contenders to play for a national championship now, or by being in the national championship conversation, does that help your Heisman trophy voting? I, it's probably a little bit of both, but there does seem to be a connection. It, it is both. I think being in the national title con- uh, discussion is what puts you in the Heisman discussion. But, like, from the get-go, when you're recruiting talent, if you don't have a guy on your roster, probably your quarterback more times than not, who doesn't isn't a guy who can de- develop into a Heisman Trophy winning caliber player, you're probably not going to get to that level anyway. And the only, the only outskirts being if you do something that's so loud and crazy while – that you had it's just undeniable like what Lamar Jackson was in, in in 2016. I do think like right we've had you know Ty Detmer won the Heisman as a BYU quarterback. We had a BYU quarterback go number two in the NFL draft mm-hmm. based on how well he played last year. But Zach Wilson was a Heisman afterthought. He finished eighth. He finished behind Justin Fields. He got three first place votes, right? I mean, if Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson 20 years ago, first of all, that style of offense, his, his stats probably dwarf people. And it's just easier for like BYU to be in the mix. Like, I think it was easier for BYU in a great individual season at a place like BYU to enter the Heisman conversation. And it's just, we just talk about Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State so much. Like the NFL will find you, right? The NFL finds talent anywhere, anymore. I don't think the Heisman will find you. The Heisman conversation isn't going to like wheedle its way into the little cracks and be like, I'll tell you what, I'll, you know, BYU is really that. Cl-. No, it's like all we talk about is the playoff race and it absolutely 1000% affects the way people vote for the Heisman. And I'm Those not so play- sure that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad. It's a fact. I- I'm not sure that Ty Detmer should have won the Heisman. I-, I don't care what Ty Detmer did against inferior competition right like this might be progress but it's also consolidation 
Yeah, I, I, I think it should go. The, the Heisman Trophy is the epitome of what, to a, even to a higher extent, what the MVP award is and maybe pretty much any other sport when you're talking professionally. It should go to somebody who was also winning. I think – I think the Heisman Award will find guys from BYU and whatnot, but you got to stay in it. Like you can't, you have no margin for error. Justin Fields, most of the time, had he played a normal season and not just seven games, that Indiana game wouldn't have hurt him, right? If he just had a bad game before the rest of the season, he was the Justin Fields we all know have come to know. The same with Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and Kyle Murray. They can have bad games because there's going to be other opportunities to have Heisman moments. When you're at BYU, you only get one Heisman moment. It's when you're on national television playing for Coastal Carolina. And when you only have 240 yards and you throw an interception, only one touchdown, you, you, you can't you, – you fall off. There's no, there's no chance for you to, to make up for that. So if, a, it ha, if you're going to do it the way Lamar did it, it has to be every single week. You, ha, you can't have any fall off the way that guys from Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and Oklahoma can. I don't know if I completely agree with the Justin Fields part of that, only because if you go back to 2019, Trevor Lawrence kind of stumbled out of the gate and then was awesome for the last two-thirds of that season and got to the national championship game and still wasn't a Heisman finalist. So, But I, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying overall. Um, the, the 2019 vote was actually, was a, a very interesting year. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more later. There's a We got a text or question that I was going to save to later, but the way this conversation is trending, I actually think now might be a, a fantastic place to bring it up because of exactly what you're talking about, Doug. Um, this came from the 614. What do you think happens first, an Ohio State Heisman Trophy winner or another Big Ten team having a finalist invited to New York? So listen, we're, we're going to get in a little bit later to uh, some positions where Heisman finalists come from. There is a particular position in the Big Ten that is a threat for that, that is like the standout threat yep. that might lead me toward the Big Ten thing, but it's like the only one. So other than that, I probably would lean toward Ohio State, but it's Wisconsin running backs, man. I mean, like you can never count out Wisconsin running backs. Jonathan Taylor, we have a list of – I have the uh, – the last 11 years, there have been 43 Heisman finalists, and we'll get into this. And the Wisconsin running back is one of the eight positions that has had multiple guys be finalists from that position. And, and Jonathan Taylor wasn't one of them. In his three seasons, Jonathan Taylor finished fifth, sixth, and ninth in the Heisman Trophy voting. He never got to New York. But, like, I don't know who the Wisconsin running back is, but they're going to give him the ball 28 times a game, and he's got a shot to run for 2,000 yards – and he's got the, a shot to finish fourth and squeeze his way into New York before an Ohio State guy wins it. Yeah, Dabo Sweeney said something this past year about, like, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't, isn't ever a Heisman finalist, what, what a travesty that is. I'm like, really? Like, what if someone is, like, the fourth or fifth best player in college football consensus three years in a row but just never gets a, the, you know, you know what I mean, just never gets that invite? I don't know. That's still a pretty great career that I don't sneeze at. Steven, um, your thoughts on on what Doug was just saying? I think I might agree with that. That I think the expert, like once a decade, a Wisconsin running back's just going to get in just because the stats are going to be ridiculous because they give him the ball forty times a game. Um, so I might lean with the field in that situation, even with Ohio State doing what it's doing right now. I think if the question, I mean, absolutely, if the question was, would you take a Ohio State quarterback or Wisconsin running back to be the next Heisman finalist in Big Ten or any position? From either of those two schools or any position from the other 12 schools, you would still take the Ohio State quarterback and Wisconsin running back, right? Like the odds are yeah. just insanely in your favor. 
Yeah, and like you know, Jabril Peppers was a Heisman finalist in the last couple of years, right? A Michigan defensive player, like like, and Saquon Barkley, I think, I guess wasn't a finalist, but I think he finished fourth. I mean, he was right there on the edge or finished mm-hmm. fifth, you know. So there are extraordinary Big Ten talents every now and then. I mean, honestly, I mean, last year was so jacked up. I mean, I think there's a world where like Rondale Moore in a normal year could have thrown down the kind of year where it's like, oh my God, that guy had 1,600 yards receiving and have you seen his highlights and he finishes fifth in the Heisman and gets to New York. The Big Ten is capable of that. So I'd, ha- I'd have to go with the field there. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back from the break. We're going to talk about what Doug just hinted about, which is the very specific identity of the Ohio State quarterback in the Heisman rating and the Heisman voting and what that means for how we and you should be voting on this question on Market Down Monday. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk. Doug, you did some pretty extensive research on this question. So actually, I'm going to throw in my other last pieces of research before we move on because Go ahead. I want our listeners – I have a trivia question for you. A trivia question for you to ask your friends. I love trivia questions. I love trying to make up trivia questions. I was going to send this out to the texters, but it's a little complicated. So here's the trivia question, and then I'll just give you the other facts to lay it down. And I'll ask you guys if you want to try to do it. Make sure I have, it, I have this right. Okay, since Archie Griffin – won his second Heisman in 1975. There have been four Buckeyes to finish in the top 10 of the Heisman voting more than once. Four Buckeyes who finished in the top 10 more than once. Can you name those four Buckeyes? We'll do it for a little bit here. It's, it's, it's pretty hard. So I'm not going to embarrass it's, you guys because I wouldn't have gotten it, but throw it out but, there. Well, just my just the research we've done for this, if you're just focusing on the past 10 years, there's two answers from the past 10 years. Correct. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's Braxton Miller and Justin Fields. Correct. Justin Fields was seventh in 2020, and he was third in 2019. Braxton Miller was ninth in 2013 and fifth in 2012. So that's two of them. Anyone want to guess the other two? Eddie George. Not Eddie George. Wow. Okay. Because um, he just sort of he kind of exploded out of nowhere his last year. Like there have been a lot of guys who have who have kind of who didn't really build up to it. It's it was hard. Not, was not Pace. It was not Smith. Correct. Correct. Was not J T. Barrett, who was fifth as yeah. a freshman and never a top never, ten guy again. Yeah. Um. He got, he got Tim Becked. <laughs> and, 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 and and we've we've kind of pushed up against the limits of my Ohio State. Yeah, no, that's knowledge. okay. It's hard. So Chris Spielman, as a linebacker, finished tenth in nineteen eighty six and sixth in nineteen eighty seven. So again, we're not talking about finals; we're talking about top ten. So that's pretty good for a linebacker. Like Chris Spielman yeah. is a super famous Buckeye. I think Chris Spielman is arguably like one of the five most famous Ohio State football players ever. And then Arch Schleister. Arch mm. Schleister finished in the top 10 three times. In 1979, he was fourth. In 1980, he was sixth. And in 1981, he was fifth. So talk about like the era. That was like the first like Ohio State quarterback in a long time to really put up those kind of numbers as they sort of transitioned to a little bit new way of offense. Pretty good for Arch Schleister, man. Three top six finishes. I don't know how many guys in Heisman Trophy could history – could say they had three top six finishes. Maybe in July, if I'm bored, I'll look that up. So uh, to, for your trivia question, 
out there, Buckeye Talk listeners, since Archie Griffin, the four Buckeyes who finished in the top 10 of the Heisman Trophy voting more than once, Arch Schleister, Chris Spielman, Braxton Miller, Justin Fields. The other thing I wanted to say, just to wrap this up, the finalists, the Ohio State Heisman Trophy finalists, and what a finalist is has become very clear-cut in recent years because getting invited to New York is a big deal, and like it wasn't always that way. So I, I researched this the best I could, but there's clearly some divisions, and I was like, well, who was in New York, whatever. I'm confident in this answer. Since Archie Griffin, there have been one, two, three, four, five, eight Heisman Trophy finalists. No, seven. Seven Heisman Trophy finalists since Archie. 1984, Keith Byers finished second to Doug Flutie. 1995, Eddie George won. 1996, Orlando Pace was fourth. He was the, there were four guys invited to New York. You can find it on YouTube. He was sitting there when Danny Werfel won. 2006, Troy Smith wins. 2018, Dwayne Haskin finishes third. 2019, Justin Fields and Chase Young both there finished third and fourth. That's the end of my research. Seven finalists since Archie. Does Ohio State have the most versatile Heisman Trophy finalists in the history? I mean, they've had a tackle, they've had running backs, they've had a quarterback, and they've had defensive end. I mean, John Hicks finished second as an offensive lineman in the Heisman Trophy voting. I mean, they have had, like, they have had, I mean, to have all those dudes like that is is pretty crazy. You could almost, like, put together not a team, but, like, get close to, like, a little group of, like, hey, at least a pickup team. Of, I mean, you uh, could put together a top five NFL draft of guys who have gone. Yeah. And they all yeah. play positions who would probably go in the first round, so. Yeah, no, pretty interesting. I mean, Michigan had a cornerback who won and another defensive player in re- recent years. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. some other teams have it, – it's, it's surprising to hear that about Spielman, to, like, think of him as, as, as great as he was, like – I remember him when I was younger, but I don't think I had that kind of perspective on him that he was that highly thought of just as a, a football player that you would be in that serious of a candidate for the Heisman in multiple years. A lot of times it's almost like we talked about this a lot with Chase Young, right? If you're going to be a defensive player and be a Heisman finalist, it almost has to be like catching lightning in a bottle. And it, it, it happens more regularly than you think, but it's still rare. Like, you go back and look, there's, there are more finalists that are defensive players than you remember, but it's certainly not annual. It's still more like a couple times every decade, maybe. Yeah. And again, Spielman, not a finalist, but to finish sixth and right. tenth as a linebacker is pretty crazy. And if anybody wants to research this, the Heisman Trophy does have a great website now. They have every year you click on the winner on their website at heismantrophy.com and it lists the top 10. I mean, it's right there. So I just went through the last 36 years to find all this stuff. It's, it's really fun to dig in sometimes and, and see some of those names. Sportsreference.com also has that. If you, it has the year by year and it's easy to, if you're on 2019, you just click a button, it takes you to 2018. So it's, it was easy for, for these purposes to kind of to flip back through the years. So, the other thing I started to bring up, Doug, where you we were wanting, we were going to talk about where Ohio State quarterbacks specifically fit into this narrative because that has changed. As you mentioned before, every quarterback starting the Braxton Miller in 2012, every Ohio State starting quarterback has been not just a Heisman top 10 finisher, but a Heisman top five finisher, which in not doesn't always make you a finalist. And in some of those cases, the guys were not finalists but has you right there on the cusp of being a finalist. I mean, you're a, you're a serious contender to me if you finish fifth 
in the Heisman Trophy, or at least a contender to be a finalist if we're starting to, to split hairs there. But what have you, what did you see when you look back through history and where, how Ohio State quarterbacks have emerged in a, in a different way? So I made Cam Newton winning in 2010 a little bit of a dividing line of like sort of like modern Heisman voting. And so looking at that, there have been 43 finalists. This is getting to New York. And there's either between – there's three to five finalists every year. The one year there were six because it was so close for fifth and sixth. But usually it's three to five. So 43 to 11 years, almost an average of four a year. There have been 11 positions that have had multiple guys, multiple Heisman finalists for that position. Three of those 11 are just the same guy going twice. It's Louisville quarterback with Lamar Jackson, Stanford quarterback with Andrew Luck, and Texas A&M quarterback with Johnny Manziel. Again, this is, this is in the last 11 years. What are the other eight positions that have had multiple Heisman finalists, but it's also multiple guys? So Ohio State quarterback is one of those eight, Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields, Okay. What are the other positions? Because what we're talking about here is there are certain people, right? You play a certain position at a certain school, you've got a better chance of getting in the mix. So let's make this a trivia question as well. Ohio State quarterback is one of them. Steven, what do you think another position is? School and position. Alabama running back. Alabama running back is correct. And that is uh, Trent Richardson. It's not Mark Ingram because Mark Ingram was 2009. I started from yeah. 2010. Is yeah. Trent Richardson finished in the top three and Derrick Henry won? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, how about you? I only know this again because of things I was looking back at recently. I believe Stanford running back is one of them. Stanford running back is the dumbest one. <laughs> it's Christian McCaffrey, who's yeah. really good, and Bryce Love, who's like yeah. the worst second place finisher in Heisman Trophy history and again that doesn't take into account like the Toby Gearhart bunch of ding-dongs he was like finished second before 2010 Stanford running back for whatever reason if you're a Heisman Trophy voter listening to this do not fall for the Stanford running back mumbo jumbo Christian McCaffrey was legit the rest of that is nonsense good answer though Steven go another one I'm going to stick with the same school Alabama quarterback Alabama quarterback, A.J. McCarron was a finalist, yeah. believe it or not. And then also Tua. And when we talked about guys losing at the end, Tua Tonga-Vailoa had the Heisman in his pocket and, like, had a bad SEC championship game, and Kyler Murray stole it from him. And then also Mac Jones. So that's yep. three different Alabama quarterbacks in the last 11 years. Nathan, go ahead. Oklahoma quarterback. Oklahoma quarterback is the one that's had four. So I love how we saved the easiest one for last. Yeah. It's Baker twice, Kyler Murray also winning it, and then uh, Jalen Hurts finishing second. So that's four times in the last 11 years the Oklahoma quarterback has been a finalist. Steven, go ahead. Oh, wait, Clemson quarterback. Clemson yeah, quarterback. Say, there's a super easy <laughs> yeah. one just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it for a second. Deshaun Watson twice and then Trevor Lawrence last year, so three yeah. times. All right, Nathan, you're up there. So we've, done, we've gotten uh, six of them. There's two left, and they're actually both kind of easy. We should get them all here. Oh, um, in the past, since 2010. Yep. To be fair, one of them we already talked about on this podcast. Wisconsin running back? Wisconsin running back. So Jonathan Taylor is not one of them. Yeah. But Monty Ball was a finalist Mm -hmm. and Melvin Gordon was a finalist. So those are the two. And then, Stephen, the last one is also – Rather the same easy. Person. Yeah, because it's the same person. Louisville it's not, quarterback. It's not the Louisville. same person because I said oh, – I took out the Oh, one yeah, two different person. people. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's easy because it just happened. 
Hmm. Who just won the Heisman? Devon. Oh wait. Oh no. Oh wow. Alabama wide receiver. Alabama wide receiver Devonte Smith and Amari Cooper. So Alabama in the last eleven wow. years they've had multiple guys at receiver, running back, and quarterback. So here are the eight positions total that have had multiple guys. It's Oklahoma quarterback, Clemson quarterback, Alabama quarterback, Ohio State quarterback. All right, so guess what that is? The four dominant teams of the playoff era and their quarterbacks. Duh, right? With with Alabama being the clear number one. And then we have Alabama running back and Alabama receiver because they're nuts. And then we have two schools – kind of known for running the ball and it's Wisconsin running back and Stanford running back. They're not national title contenders, but they are a specific kind of football that lends itself to the running back breaking out. So like it's be a quarterback and a title contender, be anybody at Bama or be a very specific rushing kind of offense in a passing world. That is like, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying that's the only way to win the Heisman, but if you bet on, like, those eight positions, you w- I guess you wouldn't win money probably because you have to make eight different bets and they're all going to have low odds. But, like, man, you are really covering a lot of your bases if you just do that. And guess what? The Ohio State quarterback's in there. Where do we think that happened? And wh- why has the Ohio State quarterback emerged in the way it has? Is it go back to – the recruiting, does it go back to Ryan Day, who's now, you know, really two for two? We, we include Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields being strong candidates since he got here. Like, where, where do you guys think why, – why has Ohio State's quarterback emerged in a new way? Because obviously Troy Smith wins in 2006. You're talking about Art Schleister back when I was uh, but a lad and Doug was in uh, grad school or whatever. Um <laughs> Well, you always talk like we have this giant age difference. Um, but, but why now? Why since 2012 has it just been so repetitive? Why is Ohio State quarterback talked about in the same way as Wisconsin running back, Alabama running back, et cetera, right now? It's hard because it's actually two different things. Yeah, It's like almost coincidental because it's like, well, because they had dual threat quarterbacks in a system that ran the quarterback a ton – And he also threw, and then when you combined, like, the running and passing stats, Braxton and JT both rose to that level. And then Ryan Day brought in a modern passing offense, and now they just sling it around enough that they can hang. So it's really like it's almost – yes, it's true what we said. Every Ohio State starting quarterback since Braxton Miller has finished in the top five. But Braxton and JT are a completely different world than Dwayne and Justin. And – both happen to be true. They did it. I mean, it just shows you how quarterback play has adapted, especially at Ohio State, because they both both sides did it in the world that quarterbacks lived in, because that's that was the era of the dual threat spread offense, and your quarterback might have 150 rushing yards and only 125 passing yards in a game, but he's so explosive the way Braxton Miller was. And uh, JT Barrett wasn't as explosive, but the numbers would kind of be similar in some ways. And now that we've gone – and that was Urban Meyer. That's the type of quarterback he's always had, even going back to Florida with Tim – that's the quarterback he won a Heisman Trophy with, with having a dual-threat quarterback in Tim Tebow. And then as we've gone towards more of a – you're still a dual threat, but it is more about the downfield passing game than it is, you know, the read zone, read option and stuff like that. Ohio State has adopted it into, 
into that into that focus is Ryan Day. So it is literally just because Urban Meyer showed up, and then it's oh because Ryan Day showed up. So I asked our texters to participate in this as we always do six one four three five zero three three one five. I couldn't list everybody in every possible year going into the perpetual future. But I picked several players. I gave some of those players multiple years. I thought we should just use that information we just talked about. So obviously any Ohio State quarterback that we think could end up being the starter for the next several years is a viable Heisman Trophy candidate. But I want to make sure that we listed everybody else that should be a viable candidate before we get into who we picked and who they picked. So I included C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, and Kyle McCord for each of the next three years. I included Quinn Ewers for his first three years, so 2022, 23, 24. Here are the other players that I included. Trevion Henderson, this year, next year, and 2023. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in 2021. Jack Sawyer, I put 2023. I figured if there was any chance of a defensive player that we maybe we would, it would have to be later in his career. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming both for 2022, which would be both of their third years in the program. Anybody else obvious? that I missed? One, I would say. Thayer Munford, 2021. <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. Um, I would say... That, that, that's, uh, wait, hold on. I want to stop. Now it sounds like we're like mocking Thayer Munford. This is all just a callback. This is all just a callback to Friday's pod, which was a Thayer Munford celebration. So everybody, please, a, a serious, legitimate, sincere celebration of all things Thayer Munford. So everybody, Absolutely. if you missed Friday, go back and listen to Friday. That wasn't just Doug kicking Thayer Munford in the throat for no reason. That no, was that is, us making fun of ourselves a little bit. That or, is me embracing the idea of Thayer Munford is the best tackle in college football, which just, yeah. again, I can walk down the street with my head held high and no more. I, I no longer have a confused look on my face trying to figure out how good Thayer Munford is. Um, I mean, you have to have a running back in there, right? I mean, like Travion Henderson, like opens up that conversation. Cause again, Steven, I think you've, you've like done sort of like Travion JK comparisons a couple number mm-hmm. of times, you know, I mean, JK did it. He, he wasn't a finalist. He barely missed being a finalist. He finished sixth. So he did not become a finalist. But, but Trevion has to be in that conversation. And receivers are weird. But if Devontae Smith could do it, okay. Like, we've seen this passing offense. We see what kind of talent's here. You got to float it, right? I mean, like, you can't say it's impossible. So I think all of those are good. But, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anybody you miss, no. No, I think you're fine. I think the, the the number of receivers we have in here are realistic given what we're talking about in the market down Monday situation. And also, yeah, if we're going to throw the ball around this way, somebody's got to get those stats. Now, the, the thing, I, I mean, I think, I think there could have been, depending, if Chris Olave had gone to the NFL. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't. Let's not. Let's not do it. In a world with a young quarterback and a young running back, and like if if Ohio State was really good, right? And it was like everybody knew. Listen, man, Garrett Wilson makes this thing go, and he had eighteen hundred and fifty receiving yards and seventeen touchdowns, and maybe a little bit in the return game. Like, I think there might have been a window there. 
the way that there was for Devontae Smith. But with Chris Olave here, if they're both healthy the whole year, I, I, I just can't imagine, right? I mean, how is one of them going to be so much better than the other? The only reason Devontae's for real, we all know this. If Jalen Waddell had been healthy last year, Devontae Smith wouldn't have won the Heisman because he they would have they split those stats and Mac Jones would have won. I mean, it's not that Jalen, it's not that Jalen Waddell would have won. It's that neither of them would have won because they were both too good. Once, once one went down and Smith took over, it opened that quarterback conversation. But if you have two good receivers, it just goes to the quarterback. So he knows that, and that's just the reality here for Ohio State. I was ready to go down that hill. I mean, I, I, started, I was ready to do it. I'm thinking Chris Olave is at the door. Here we – I have a headline. Garrett Wilson's life-size picture says that – what Garrett Wilson's life-size picture says about Ohio, <coughs> his Ohio State football career and why a Belitnikoff award could be next. And my next step in that was going to start talking about the Heisman and how this is the perfect situation for Garrett Wilson to do it. And then Chris Olave decided he needed to get stronger. So I don't, I don't want to talk about it. This was one of my many questions I had down for us once we started talking about the positions. And I, I, I think it's an interesting one because I, I don't know if – even if, if Olave had gone pro, it would have been easy to make this comparison between Ohio State and Alabama. But I actually think it's pretty different. Alabama didn't have a young running back last year. It had a – veteran like ground chewing awesome running back last year mm-hmm. Alabama didn't have a young quarterback last year it had a veteran a guy who had to wait his turn but a guy who was very experienced and was very fluent in the offense and, and ran it like a pro so I think both of those things were factors in Devonte Smith winning it I will say though I think the thing that would have been a parallel is that the, Garrett Wilson seems to be more the Devonte Smith in some ways in that I think he would have been able to put up some of the electric plays because you got to have those too. It isn't just numbers. You do have to sometimes flash in a big way that makes people, you know, you get on Twitter and people say, Whoa, what the heck did that guy just do? I mean, to be a receiver and win the award, I think you've got to do some things like that. And Devonte Smith did that last year. So I think that's where Wilson might've been able to do it as a single player at Ohio state in a way that if for some reason, if Olave were the only one and Wilson wasn't around, I think Olave would have a tougher time. I think part of it was also, if we're going to use the Mac Jones, Devontae Smith comparison, it, it, I think it was pretty well known that Devontae Smith was doing more of the work with the statistic that those two were putting up because it was a lot of short passes where Devontae Smith just made things happen. And that's would have been – whether – it's a veteran QB or not, it would have been the same scenario. We all think in this season, the wide receivers are going to be doing a lot more of the work when we talk about the production side of things. None of us think that it's going to be like with Justin Fields, where it's just going to be 40-yard bombs every third playoff of a play action this season. We just don't think that's how it's going to go. And so it would have been set up that way. He got all these yards while also having to do all the work to get these yards. But I also think if Tua had been back, I think Tua would have won it. Mac Jones had no juice going into the season. Yep, and yep. so then it was like, we'll give it, all right, their offense is awesome. It, they're running back, their quarterback, and their receiver are all strong candidates. But Devontae Smith had done a little bit more going into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things go into it. I, I did not vote for Devontae Smith last year. I voted for Trevor Lawrence. I, I think Devontae Smith is obviously a worthy winner, but there are a lot of things that go into it. And the fact that people – I, like when Mac Jones, even by, by the time of the Heisman ceremony, I don't know that people really thought Mac Jones was going to be a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got through the process, and it was like, oh, my gosh, people thought Mac Jones was going to be the third pick. He wound up being the 15th pick. 
But it's like, well, I don't know. How good is this guy? He was like two of his backup, and he was a three-star recruit, and he stuck around. And I think that factored in. I'm curious what you guys think. Because obviously Ohio State's receiving recruiting has reached another level here in the recent years. And we've talked before about, again, that, 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 that relationship between the quarterback and receiver recruiting and how, how each one affects the other. Does Ohio State's chances of eventually producing a Heisman Trophy finalist receiver, which I don't think they've ever had, right? Is Ted Ginn, was he ever a, a, no. or even a top no. 10 guy? Michael Thomas wasn't. Oh, gosh, no. No, I mean, I'm just looking since – I mean, since Archie, there hasn't been one. And I, I mean, yeah, talked about all those different positions. They haven't had a receiver. And I don't know if there was a flanker back in the 1950s or whatever that might have been, but certainly in the modern – and so does Ohio State's chances of producing one of those guys go up with their recruiting, what they're doing at receiver, or does it actually, I mean, it could be both, I suppose, but it seems to also enhance their quarterback's chances of staying a relevant Heisman Trophy contender every year, regardless of who that guy is. Listen, I think if Mac Jones had been a five-star recruit, he would have won last year. Like, I yeah. don't think, like, we can't pretend that that doesn't affect Heisman perception. 100%. And I think, the only way that an Ohio State receiver – so, like, it would have to happen this year, that, like, there's a perceived gap in either talent or experience between the quarterback and the receiver, and that, like, the receiver is far superior. And so I don't think there's going to be that gap in talent as evaluated by recruiting rankings. So then it has to be an experience, and it's what we were talking about this year. C.J. Stroud's never thrown a pass. Garrett Wilson set the world on fire. If that's mm -hmm. what the relationship was, then I think Garrett Wilson would have been the stronger candidate. You're going to have to have that again, except if it's Quinn Ewers, right? I mean, Quinn Ewers, the minute he steps on the field, is Trevor Lawrence. So even Quinn Ewers with no experience, I think, is a Heisman candidate, right? So I just think, I think it's going to be very hard for an Ohio State receiver to get it in that exact situation where he is a bigger – candidate than his receiver now the other point i just want to bring up very quickly the year before baker mayfield won it when lamar jackson won it the, the all in the last 11 years the only three receivers who have been finalists are the two bama guys we've talked about and dd westbrook from oklahoma who that year baker mayfield as the quarterback finished third dd westbrook as the oklahoma receiver finished fourth so if you want to talk about could we have a year where Quinn Ewers and Marvin Harrison Jr. get to New York. I'm here for that. The world where Marvin Harrison Jr. finishes higher than Quinn Ewers, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. I think it'll – I just don't see it because of the way they're recruiting the position. Uh, part of what's going to have to go into that, as we just discussed with Devontae Smith, and indeed he's probably the same way. It's just him. He's the number one option. He's the second option as well while we're – we're going to get into a world here. I understand what Chris and, and Garrett did last year was, um, was great. And I, I don't think that should be the expectation that you just have two guys who get all the all the targets and all the snaps every single year with the way they're recruiting this room. We're going to get, I think they get back to a six man rotation at some point once those two are gone and it's going to live in a world where like Marvin Harrison might be the best receiver in the room, but he just might not be on the field for a series and you don't have a problem with it because the guy who's on the field instead of him is Jaden Ballard, who's a top 100 recruit in his own re regard. So th those other guys don't have to live in that world. So listen, like 2023, right, 2023, we're looking at a situation where Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. are juniors at receiver. Mm -hmm. 
Travion Henderson is a junior at running back, and Quinn Ewers is a first-year starter as a sophomore at quarterback. And who's your Heisman candidate? All of them? None of them? Right? Like, that's going to be the issue. Because we're not talking about the best players. We're talking about Heisman finalists. I mean, I'm, we're not here to do a Heisman Trophy 2023 preview. But, man, I, I'm ready to do it if anybody wants to do it. Who's the better Heisman candidate that year? Cop-out answer, Jack Sawyer with 20 sacks. Yeah, exactly. And Jack Sawyer. Uh, could Ohio State have all five Heisman Trophy finalists in 2023? Two nobody receivers, wins. running back, a quarterback, and a defensive end. And nobody I mean, wins. They just go up there and take a picture together with the award and go home. That, that starts to look a lot like 2019 did for Ohio State, where you had Justin Fields and Chase Young, and J.K. Dobbins finishing sixth with a monster season. I mean, J.K. Dobbins – we should talk about this because I think it goes into something you kind of mentioned in passing, Doug, which is that sometimes there is some luck involved in whether or not you're on the cusp of being a finalist or whether you get to go to New York. I mean, it obviously depends. A lot of times you mentioned this before with, you know, Bryce Love uh, getting to be a runner up, whereas then J.K. Dobbins has a year where he ran for I mean, I don't even have the final stats in front of me, but I, I remember 2000 yards. I, yeah, it was definitely over 2000 yards because I wrote this going into the playoff. Um, Dobbins turned in the kind of season he might have dreamed of back then, talking about when he was like a kid watching the Heisman stuff. Uh, at that point, 1,871 rushing yards are equal or more to or more than five of the 11 running back finalists since 2009. His 6.5 yards per carry are better than all of those finalists, except Melvin Gordon in 2014 and Bryce Levin in 2017. His 200 receiving yards are better than half of those finalists. And his 22 touchdowns, combined touchdowns rank in the bottom half of that group. So that was one area where he lagged behind a little bit because there were so many weapons in that offense. But J.K. Dobbins had a Heisman finalist season. J.K. Dobbins had a season. Justin Fields that year had a Heisman winning caliber season if he'd had it in a different year. So that can be the other thing that is a little bit difficult to predict. But it did – this did jump out at me. I looked back at – in recent history, just over the past, I guess, 10 years or so, the running backs who have been in the top three. Bryce Love of Stanford, 2017. Derrick Henry of Alabama, Christian McCaffrey from Stanford in 2015. Wisconsin's Melvin Gordon in 2014, and Alabama's Trent Richardson in 2011. None of, in none of those years did that running back have a quarterback or out of the player, receiver, whatever, also in the top 10. Like that was that year, they were their team's lone shot at being a Heisman finalist. And I think that will play into whether or not an Ohio State player at a position other than quarterback has a chance to be a finalist. Now, at the same time, that could be a little bit unfair because if Trevor Henderson is as good as we think he is, then that may not matter. But I think it's something to keep in mind as we're sort of framing the discussion because it, it, there was a time, you go back to like what, like the mid to early 80s, and running back was almost the more frequent winner of the oh. Heisman. It, it definitely was mm-hmm. for a long I, period. I wrote down that stretch. Um, I just wrote this down. From 1972 to 1983, no quarterback won. Yeah. Well, even from 94 to 99, that's six years, the six winners were four running backs, a cornerback, and one quarterback. So not even that long ago, within the last 30 years, you had a stretch where running backs were still winning it. But now it's it's a quarterback award. I mean, 70% of the – since 1996 – 18 of the last 25 winners have been quarterbacks, and 70% of the top three finishers have been quarterbacks. So every year, two out of three are quarterbacks at least, and usually more than that. 
and and I just don't see that changing. And mm-hmm. again, like the, the the exceptions to it are schools that are running schools. And Ohio State's not that anymore. You know, it doesn't mean an Ohio State running back can't win, but man, you know, if we if we if we were ranking right now, I mean, I guess I don't know. Who, if we were putting odds on, like, who, if we had a draft, this is, oh, maybe we should do another podcast. If we had a draft and said, let's have a draft, draft your projected Heisman Trophy winner mm-hmm. of guys, of anybody you think is going to be a Buckeye. Quinn Ewers is in there. It's like, who would be the number one pick? Like, a Trayvon Henderson would squeeze his way in there, right? I might pick, but, but it's, it's, just, it's just really hard, man. It's really hard. Before, you, know, you, see, you don't know a weird stat before we move on from running yeah, back yeah. situations and how crazy that 2019 season was. There were four people who had at least 2,000 rushing yards, and that's never happened in a season. Ever. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> Jonathan and, Taylor was one of them, and he finished fifth, mm-hmm. right? J.K. was one, and he finished sixth. And then Malcolm Perry at Navy and uh, Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State. Yeah, so yeah. none of them are Heisman Trophy finalists, and that would have been unheard of. <laughs> And, and you go back, you know, 10 years before that, and they would have probably been the four Heisman Trophy finalists. Like, college yeah. football has just changed. Maybe not 10 years, but 20 for sure. So let's just real quick, I'm going to get a yes or no from you guys. I'm going to take the quarterbacks out because we've already established, like, whoever wins the starting quarterback job for Ohio State in any given year sort of becomes at least a fringe Heisman Trophy candidate. So I just want a yes or no from you guys. Is this guy, in his career, will he be a Heisman Trophy candidate for Ohio State? Garrett Wilson. No. And let's say by candidate, we'll say. Go to I New think, York. Yeah, go to New York. So yeah. does it, do they have any chance of being a finalist? Garrett Wilson. No. Not if Chris Olave is healthy. And I'm yeah. not going to wish anything on either of them. If, if right. for some reason, one of the receivers is not playing a full year. I mean, the example of last year. Mm-hmm. We have the example. I think that example from last year could absolutely apply to Ohio State. So if one of the receivers is not healthy, I think the other one becomes a very real guy who could get to New York. If they're both healthy, no. I, I'll say – let's not say injury. Let's say Chris Olave has an epiphany and decides he actually wants to be a cornerback. And that opens up Garrett Wilson. No yeah. injury, right. just a, right. just a yeah. bizarre if Chris o- position yeah, change. If, if Chris Olave is not out there taking – taking targets away from Garrett Wilson or if Garrett Wilson is not out there taking targets away from Chris Olave, then yes. I mean, listen, look what I said to Harry Miller. If some abducted by aliens, which given the recent UFO conversation taking place in this country is a much more realistic possibility oh. than it speaking was of, a year ago. Speaking I mean, of Heisman trophy winners. <laughs> I think we need to put a pen in that. I think that's something that needs to be discussed on Buckeye talk at some point. Uh, but I'm going to also say no to Garrett Wilson. I would say no to Chris Olave too, but for the exact same reasons. He was going to be the next guy on the list. I assume you guys are both no on Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Correct. How about any receiver, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr., any of those guys? Jackson is interesting, but no. In 2022, he's interesting. Just what is the development of everybody else in the room going to look like? Is he just going to separate himself next year because Julian's just been dealing with some injuries and is a little bit far behind and Emeka and Marvin are just in year two. Could he separate himself? But I'd still lean. No. Yeah. I just think generally the room's too crowded. I, I, and to me, well, it's, it's that, but it's also the other thing you said, which is like how we're, I'm, it's a square peg round hole thing. Like how does he have the kind of Heisman season he would need to have without the quarterback 
and, and, and have his performance surpass the quarterback who gets him those yards and those touchdowns. Like I, that's hard for me to envision. Especially in a situation where it's either a second-year starting quarterback, so he's already got the momentum coming into the season, or it's a freshman prodigy where everybody's just ooing and awing over him all year. And listen, everybody talks about that Alabama receiving room in 2019. It's like the best receiving room ever with Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. And the, only, the reason that Devontae Smith won is because he was the last man standing. Because Judy and Ruggs were a year older yeah. and went to the NFL draft and Waddle got hurt. But Jerry Judy wasn't a Heisman finalist because there were too many guys. Yeah. I'm going to say no on Jack Sawyer as well. And I, I've, as far as like being a Heisman finalist, and I know I was the one who just a few minutes ago said, hey, this actually kind of happens more than you think. But it, it seems like, a program gets like their one shot and then it doesn't happen again for a long time. Like how long was it between Chris Spielman and, um, and Chase Young? And then you had uh, Orlando Pace in the middle there that also kind of throws that off of like being kind of the exotic position Heisman Trophy finalist. But like to have another one already, I, I think would be surprising. Because think of all the great defensive players Ohio State's had who had amazing college football careers and sometimes incredibly amazing single seasons and weren't Heisman Trophy finalists. It has to be the, the right year, the right guy. It, it has to be the exact right progress because I think – I used to think that you really did have to sort of set up your Heisman candidacy, and that's not true anymore. Guys explode on the scene. Johnny Manziel came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and won the Heisman. I, I think for a defensive guy, though, it helps to build to it, to have a name going into the season. So, like, Joey Bosa, as a freshman in 2013, was good, but then he went nuts in 2014. But Ohio State, like, wasn't in the playoff until right at the end of the year. And so Joey Bosa was, like, never going to be a Heisman candidate in 2014. And then 2015, when he might have been, because he was famous, he got double teamed all the time and his stats went down, right? So that path... Joey Bosa, right, is that level of player, but the path didn't work. Nick, freshman, as a sophomore, he's sharing snaps with all these guys. And then maybe Nick and Nick Bosa in 2018 could have been a Heisman candidate, and he got hurt. So that path didn't work. Chase, like, really built to it. Fifth guy as a, as a freshman in there with Nick, good, but not, you know, double high ankle sprain, whatever and then explodes as a junior. And it took not just rare, rare, rare talent, but like the perfect progression to even make it possible. So does Jack Sawyer have that kind of talent? Maybe. I don't want to make it. And I'm not going to compare anybody to Chase Young, but it's not only the talent. It's got to be the exact perfect progression. And as we just said, he's literally, he literally might have five other Heisman candidates on his own team the year when he should be at his peak. Yeah, the thing that happened with Chase Young, and I think you would say that it happened with Manti Teo, it happened with some other players, was he actually was the best player in college football that year. Like, all all due respect to Joe Burrow, all due respect to other players. Chase Young was the best football player in the country, and you couldn't ignore that. So you still only finished fourth in the Heisman. Manti Teo was the the runner-up, I think. Charles Woodson won it. Like, the best pure football player in the country those years – like, that's what it usually takes to get in a conversation. You can't just kind of be great. You have to be, like, the essence of great college football just down to your core. And that is just a tough bar for anybody to clear. You can have a phenomenal career and, and not clear that bar. There's part of me that wants to lean yes, though, because of how Doug just described the build up for how Chase is. It was, you know, 
fifth guy, 10 sacks, even though he had ankle problems. And then in 2019, he was the best player, and he was loud in the moments when everybody was watching Wisconsin and Penn State. And then from there, it was like, all right, this – I mean, four sacks in this game and three in this game coming off of a suspension. I don't know what more you want to see. I'm looking at the 2023 schedule, but I'm also thinking about Jack's progression in comparison to what we're talking about, what Chase had to deal with as a freshman. We think that Jack might be the third best defensive end as a true freshman. What if he leads this team in sacks as a freshman? I mean, that's not off the table. It's not like Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith have shown us that they're just going to have eight sacks each. And then as a sophomore, it's similar to or even better than what Chase did. It's not 10 sacks. It's 12, 13 sacks. And then I just said, I said it jokingly, Jack's cop out, Jack swore 20 sacks. What if 12 of those sacks come at Notre Dame on September 23rd, which will probably be a night game. So that's the early loud moment where he gets everybody's attention. And then it calms down a little bit because it's a bye week Maryland at Purdue. And then he comes back with that Penn State game, which is always on the, the big noon game with Joe Clatt and Gus Johnson. And he does it again with three more sacks. And then he does it again at Wisconsin. He's got three more sacks. So he's got nine sacks in Ohio State's most important games of the year so far. And then he closes out at Michigan with three more sacks. So 12 of his 20 sacks came in the most important games of the year for Jack Sawyer. And also, Ohio State has the best defense in the country. That's quite I'm a – I mean, like – That's quite a piece of what fan if he has the best, writing last What time. if he has the best defensive season in the history of college football? I mean, I guess, yes. I'm just saying. Like, no, we just, you're just saying, what if, he has three, what if he has three sacks a game against their four best opponents? Like, that's – but I think it's. I think Pretty it is also. High. It's, that's it's, a, high, it's a bar. high bar. But, but also, I don't of, think it's not just the sacks. Chase Young's impact on the game was yes, he got sacks, but but Chase Young was just a a a violent incursion onto a, an opposing offense every single snap. So it, it goes beyond just the actual takedowns. It goes to just this presence that you're inflicting on the game that it was kind of what I was getting to before. Like, you, you couldn't deny that he was just this force in nature. And You're right. I, I, that's, that's, that's what – it's almost a thing that you don't know it till you see it, and it's very hard to predict that he could that, – that, that Jack Sawyer could have an incredible career but not reach that, like, peak of the mountain. No, I, I, I know it's a high bar. It's just I – mean, and it was the fact that it wasn't just stra- sacks, it was strip sacks, and he was causing turnovers and all that stuff. I'm just saying like, – it just seems like he might be able to start building it up earlier than when we get to the Wisconsin game of his junior year. I mean, and the thing is, I mean, most places, if you said, hey, can a defensive end be a Heisman finalist, would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Ohio State, at least it's a conversation because oh, yeah. Chase yeah. showed the way. Now, as, as Nathan said, okay, well, he was Ohio State's first defensive player to finish in the top 10 of the Heisman in 30 years. So, I mean, it's not like it happens all the time, but you, you wouldn't say it's impossible. Most of the people on most of the podcasts, as we always say, right, on, on, uh, on uh, you know, Husky talk and uh, uh, Longhorn talk and whatever, they would be like, no, but at least there's a path that an Ohio State player has shown. All right, I think it's time to mark it down. Let's come back from the break. We will give you our market down picks on who Ohio State's next Heisman Trophy or finalist will be and our texter responses here on Buckeye Talk. We are back on Buckeye Talk. It is time to mark it down our picks for Ohio State's next Heisman 
Trophy finalist. I did want to real quick, uh, I looked, I tried to find the Heisman Trophy odds. The last ones I've seen were from April 5th. So this is from Vegas Insider, which is usually a pretty reputable place. And I don't know that they've, I'm sure someone has updated them since then. But as of April 5th, the only Ohio State players on this list, Master Teague is the, had the best odds among Ohio State players. I mean, I, I, are drunk people putting out ele- the odds? 11th in the country. Their backup running back is going to win the Heisman? Plus 2,800. Well, people don't know he's the backup quarterback. The odds makers should back. know. Call yes, us. Yes, we'll tell yes. you. We, listen, I'm saying. Listen, we'll tell you he's the backup running back. And then Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud were both 40 to 1. Uh, Master Teague was 28 to 1. Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud both 40 to 1. I guess the country's sort of saying, well, again, as we were saying before, Ohio State's starting quarterback, whoever that is, will be a, a contender of some guy. But Kyle McCord was not on the board. Who's bets? Who, who, who is this? Whose odds are they? They're awful. I want to call them out. Whose odds are they? This is the, ridiculous. This, this was the, Vegas Insider. The, Vegas the Insider it doesn't know what the heck it's talking about. That they have. Well, how about. How about the two best receivers in college football the year after a receiver won it? That maybe be that. someone yeah. to put on there ahead of Master Teague, you dingleberries? God, I'm telling pay you, attention. It's fake. It, actually, it looked like these actually came out on December 11th. Wow. But, but it says April 5th here on the updated day. Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to put, throw that out there as something Ooh, to frame the conversation. If, we're, if anybody was going to pick somebody for 2021. Stephen, uh-huh. why don't you get us started? I'm marking it down. Master Teague's winning the Heisman Trophy this year. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> he was not on my – see, you should. You didn't mention him when I said, who did we leave no. off of the contenders? Sorry. Exactly. That's not, that's not a <laughs> shot at Master Teague. It's like we're saying. This is not – I'm not criti- – oh, hey, Master Teague, guess what? You're not going to win the Heisman. What an insult. I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just saying he's not going to win the Heisman. Steven, start us off. You can mark it down first. Who will be so wait? So just so we're doing year, we're doing year and year in person going to New York, right? That's what we're doing. Correct. Yes. Finalists. So yes, you get invited to New York. So some years that's two guys, some year that's five guys. That's a hard thing to predict, obviously. But just the next Ohio State player who will finish so high in the voting that he'll get to go to New York. Um, there's a couple of reasons why I'm picking this person. One, I like first year starting quarterback under Ryan Day just gets to New York. It's just been a theme so far. Um, but also, I just think C.J. Stroud, 2021, he's just kind of in the sweet spot with these Heisman expectations where he's on the list, obviously, because he's on the expected Ohio State starting quarterback. At least we've all marked it down and said he's going to be that. But no, he, we, I don't think we've marked it down and said he's going to be the starter. Okay, we've we've predicted that – okay, we all think he's going to be a starting quarterback. We haven't done a Mark It Down Monday podcast on it. We have said is he's he is the, leading the race. So anyway, Don't put words see, in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. And in fact, and in fact, when we did do a prediction, which was almost a tongue-in-cheek prediction, I actually predicted someone else. That is true. Uh, we do a lot of these a week. I can't always remember. The point of the matter is, there's a, a long list of quarterbacks who are ahead of where C.J. Stroud is in this early season race and coming into it with the mindset that they might win the Heisman Trophy. And I think he can do it the same way that. Dwayne Haskins ended up being a finalist, and really Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy. It's it's not completely out of nowhere, but he's in the right situation where if he comes out here and he just balls out from the get-go and he's quality, he's probably going to see himself end up in New York as a finalist. And we've seen that already tw- with the last two quarterbacks Ohio State's had. We have. However, there's a very big difference. 
he he will be a first year starter the same way that Haskins and Fields are were first year starters, but he's different in that he's a freshman. Those guys were not freshmen. Those guys both had some more experience than he did at this point in his career. You go back to 2012 and 2013, Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy back-to-back years as freshmen. 2014 freshman though. That's okay. Well, so is he, but it's, I mean, so is Stroud. I'm talking about just freshmen. 2014 JT Barrett was a top five finishers of freshmen since then, since 2014, from my research, I can't find any other true or redshirt freshmen who were Heisman trophy finalists or even like strong content, like top half of the voting top 10 contenders. So that's one thing that I think he would have to overcome this year. That would be – he would be unique. He would have to come in and have a Manziel or Winston-like impact or even a JT Barrett-like freshman impact who had a really great freshman season. Like that's the kind of level you have to clear, I think, as a freshman. And that's what makes me skeptical of him doing it right off the bat. I mean, he's a second-year guy who's only a freshman by the sense of they only played seven games, so he didn't get a chance to get reps. I think his first-year numbers would have looked identical to what Justin Fields' numbers were at Georgia, where he threw 39 passes as a backup quarterback. So the difference is Justin got a normal year, so he got to actually take those backup random reps. But we know all that. The question is whether you think that's extraneous, that like, well, so he is just like Justin, or whether you think the lack of reps – actually affects his chances of like being good enough over the course of a year and right away that he can put up the stats and get the attention to be a Heisman finalist. We know he didn't play. Do you think that doesn't matter that he I can, don't Justin did it in year two. CJ can do it in year two. Who cares? What yeah. One? Yeah. I don't think it should matter. It's he's in the second year of a program where he's already been learning the offense, whether he's actually gotten a chance to throw the pass or not. I think he'll be fine in a full season situation and be good enough to get to be a finalist. So there's an interesting, there's an interesting crop of guys that I think affects him. Spencer Rattler and it's interesting guys at teams that matter, right? Spencer Rattler is an experienced guy as Oklahoma's quarterback. JT Daniels is an experienced guy as Georgia's quarterback. Alabama's quarterback and Clemson's quarterback are second year guys, just like CJ Stroud, but who played more last year and are huge names and are going to have opportunities. Sam Howell is a big name guy coming back to quarterback at, at North Carolina. Keaton Slovis at USC. I, I think anything can happen. It's, it's certainly possible. Again, given everything we've just said about an Ohio State quarterback, it's certainly possible. It is a high bar. And again, just like with anything, it's like, oh, well, Jack Sawyer could be Chase Young. It's like, man, Chase Young is, whew, that guy is bonkers. I guess Jack Sawyer could do that. But that's a high bar. And yes, C.J. Stroud could do what Justin Fields did in, year, in, in his second year, what Justin Fields did his second year, his first year at Ohio State. But man, Justin, <laughs> I can't believe how well he played in his second year in college football. Like, he was awesome. He was so accurate and so dynamic and so poised that, like, yes, it proves you can do it. But, man, that's a high bar. And it's like that's the thing that's hard at Ohio State, and I've said this a million times before. I think it's hard to just assume that the next talented guy is going to be as good as the talented guy before him, except a lot of the time they are. So I don't want to doubt C.J. Stroud, but, man, just because, like, Justin was a Heisman finalist and his second year as a college player, I can't, I can't go there with C.J. because Justin, to me, was exceptional. I'm glad you brought up the people who are – maybe ahead of where he is. 
I think some of those guys might end up in the Trevor Lawrence syndrome where as a, coming into Trevor Lawrence's second year, he was clearly the favorite. And then a couple of stumbles at the beginning of the season where he's not perfect and he's not as awesome as you thought he was going to be. And he doesn't quite live up to what everybody else thinks he should be. And now they're just off the race. Which See, I guess is true, but then it's like I said, like, so DJ Uungalele might have a couple stumbles, but, like, CJ Stroud's not going to have stumbles. It's just hard. It's just hard. I mean, I'm not – CJ Stroud might do it, but that's not yeah, my pick. I just think one's fighting those expectations right now, and CJ Stroud's not fighting those. That's I also want to make sure, though – I want to make sure, though, that we this, – this takes us – I don't want to get this to be a whole tangent, but the, we, we've talked about how there, when you watch CJ Stroud play football, we see some similarities to Justin Fields. Yes, he'll be in his second year of college football and his first year potentially as a full-time starter. But we, I think sometimes – Doug, you just answered a, a, Buckeye, a Hey Buckeye Talk question about this, comparing the two of them. One of the things we forget is that C.J. Stroud was a really good college football prospect coming out of high school, the number 42 player in the country. Justin Fields was the number two player in the country with a like pristine rating. And I think sometimes we forget that, that Justin Fields might have been working with more – at this stage than CJ Stroud will be working with when this season starts this fall. I think that's just something that in general, we need to remember that I think it's a worthwhile comparison to make, but that it might be a somewhat unfair one because I just don't know if CJ Stroud has all the natural gifts that Justin Fields does. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, like Justin Fields was a higher ranked recruit. CJ was more of a late bloomer, right? I mean, Justin kind of had been, we know he played baseball and you went down and did all that stuff, Nathan, but Justin was kind of like on a path to this kind of all along the way. And CJ came to it a little bit later. I think that's a talent. That's a very reasonable talent perspective. I also think, and, and, and how do I say this? So Dwayne, I think it helps if you're better than the guy who played your position the year before at your school. So JT Barrett in 2017, like people were kind of sick of JT Barrett by the end. We've covered that in this podcast. So Dwayne comes in in 2018 and Dwayne's different than JT and they're doing stuff. Dwayne is doing some stuff that it was like, Oh man, JT kind of didn't do that. And it helps puff Dwayne up and Dwayne's a finalist. Then Justin comes in in 2019 and Justin's better than Dwayne. And it's like, man, that guy was a Heisman finalist, and this guy's better. And then in 2020, Justin wasn't sort of quite as good as he himself was the year before, and he wasn't a Heisman finalist. But now C.J. Stroud is replacing a first-round pick, a two-year starter, a guy that we would argue is the best quarterback in Ohio State history. And is C.J. Stroud going to be better than – Justin Fields. And so like last year, Spencer Rattler, right? They go Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Spencer Rattler takes over last year at Oklahoma, has a couple bumps. He's not as good as Jalen Hurts. By the end of the year, he's a really good quarterback. They lose a couple games early. Spencer Rattler's nowhere near the Heisman conversation. Now Spencer Rattler's coming back and all he has to do is be better than he himself was last year. And he's going to be. So Spencer Rattler is a really good candidate. I think it's possible the shadow of Justin will make it a little tough for CJ to break through. But to that point, Stephen, well, then maybe the shadow of Tua and Mac Jones will make it hard for Bryce Young. Maybe the shadow of Trevor Lawrence will make it hard for DJ Ongolale, right? So maybe all those guys, as you're saying, you sort of get set up, there's expectations, and then you don't meet them. So that's the thing about why Heisman conversations are so interesting. 
it's success, it's statistical, but a lot of it's perception. And there is some perception stuff here. Maybe the whole point is CJ is not being thought of as Bryce and DJ are, which allows him to play a little bit of an underdog role. So if he has the same stats, CJ will be like a surprise where Bryce and DJ will be like, oh, I thought they'd be better. And that can play into perception, which I think, Stephen, is a little bit what you said you're kind of banking on here. And I think that's part – that's what's kind of gone into the last three Heisman winners a little bit is a little bit of a, oh, look at this guy. And we don't really have time to, 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 to find the negatives, right? Which it's, it's the same thing with why you leave to go to the NFL draft once you're absolutely ready because they don't have time to kind of pick you apart a little bit. We might not have time to pick apart C.J. Stroud the way that people from the opening get, opening game that Bryce Young and D.J. Uyungle play in, they're going to be getting picked apart. That might not be the case because the world might not start paying attention until after the Oregon game. So, by the way, the C.J. Stroud in 2021 was the tied for third among our text voters. Got about 11% of the vote. I gave 20-some Op, uh, options to vote for so the, the the winners here don't have like a um a, a huge plurality of the vote but cj stroud in 2021 tied for third so a, a pretty good chunk of our listenership thinks he could do it this fall that or or maybe they're just thinking whoever is the heisman kind of what we said before ohio state starting quarterback very often now becomes a heisman trophy finalist and who so whoever and they think he's going to win the job so that's a Safe pick in some people's minds, I suppose. I'm going to go ahead and go second because, Doug, you already teased yours to us earlier today when we were off on our exotic photo shoot at uh, Buckeye Grove and uh, the Woody Hayes Athletic Complex. Can't wait for people to get uh, their eyeballs on that down the line. More on that in the future. But I'm going to go ahead and give my vote. And I really went – I picked about three different people, and I kept going back and forth because it's tough because everything we've talked about here – all of it makes sense, but some of the things kind of cancel each other out. So I took what I think might be the safest route when you're trying to, because it can be hard to guess which quarterback is going to be the starter in any given year going forward. So I took Trevon Henderson in 2023. And as I mentioned before, the last several times that a running back has been a finalist, the last, there's been five since. 2011 and in all of those years there were no other finalists or even top 10 um, vote getters from any of those schools and I think that could happen in 2023 under the right circumstances depending on who is the quarterback for Ohio State in that year and what we were talking about before as we just came off of a season where Ohio State had two receivers who piled up targets in a way that Ohio State receivers typically don't. It's typically more spread out. If they go back more to a system that looks a little bit more like that, where things are a little bit more evenly spread, then that certainly takes makes it even tougher for any receiver to climb up in there. And part of this, though, is just some belief in what Trevion Henderson is. That it really hasn't been if – you, if you think of J.K. Dobbins' 2019 as being a Heisman finalist season, even though it wasn't, you could argue, I guess, sort of, that Chase Young maybe stole that spot. If, if Chase For Young sure. had not had the season he had, then I think there would have been 
maybe five guys go to New York and it would have been Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins splitting some of the rest of that vote. Maybe both of them go to New York. Or maybe neither of them do. Maybe they only take three. But it, it, he, he had a season that by any stretch was worthy of consideration for being a Heisman finalist. I don't think that kind of season is out of reach for Trayvon Henderson. And in fact, I think it's possible he goes even a step further. And just banking on that kind of potential is why I'm thinking that in his third year, again, that sort of that natural build that he might even, you talked about earlier, the juice, Doug, that you need to kind of win these things. I don't know that he could be a finalist neither his first two years, but maybe after that second year, if he's progressing the way that everyone thinks he could, that that juice is starting to build, that he goes into 2023 as considered the best running back in the country. And starting from that floor makes it much easier for you to get a top four, top five kind of vote in the Heisman Trophy race. No, I think it's a really good thing and, and a good pick. And it goes back to sort of what we talked about before. I mean, like when you think about what this team is going to be in 2023, and, and it's always fun to do this and it's easy to do it because that's the year, the third year of the guys who just got here, which is always like, hey, it's a big time recruiting class. None of them will be gone by then unless they transferred. I wonder what they'll be like, right? I mean, we did it in 2019 with the 2017 class, right? We did it in 2015 with the 2013 recruiting class. We're doing it for the 2023 class for these guys, for this Trevion Henderson, Emek Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jack Sawyer class. And it's just going to be crowded. So it's like when you have all those receivers, the quarterback's going to be great. You're going to have a defensive guy. I get sort of saying, all right, well, I'll go with the running back then. And I think that's very possible. And again, when you look at the stats, and even Ohio State was tweeting out some of this stuff this week, as much as they throw it, as much as their quarterbacks have been dynamic and have been Heisman Trophy finalists, they still run it more than they throw it. And so there's an opportunity for that back if he really is a number one guy. You know, we didn't have Ohio State running back on our list of a position. Um, but when you think about J.K. Dobbins finishing sixth, when you think about Ezekiel Elliott finishing eighth in that weird year in 2015, right, where they should have been better and Zeke had a lot of juice, but their offense sputtered because of the play calling and all that stuff. We have two guys in the last 11 years who were workhorse running backs who really sort of had everything there to be a Heisman finalist. But for Zeke, the offense sputtered. For JK, there were just too many other dudes on his own team. But Ohio State running back, Nathan, I get it, right? I mean, it, it, it makes sense. The only, I think the main argument for 2023 is, man, they might have a lot of guys to choose from. And what's that going to look like? I like this pick is, yeah, they might have a lot of guys to choose from, but we're not really sure who the quarterback is yet. I mean, we just don't know what it's, what, how that's going to shape out. And the only other reasonable option, just given the way we were talking about the wide receivers, was what I planned out for Jack Sawyer. But every single one of those things has to happen. Just like with Chase Young, all of that had to happen precisely how it happened for him to even get there. And even that one – for a little minute before he did what he did against the, against Penn State, got a little iffy when he got, when he had to deal with the suspension. And so because of the, with defensive players, so much has to happen the right way, and we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation, and the wide receivers just might steal each other's thunder all year, that becomes the most logical pick when you're talking about what Travion Henderson is as a talent and what his potential is, and also with the way Ohio State is recruiting him from an offensive line standpoint. Our texters did not like my pick. Um, only 2% huh. of the texters picked Trayvon Henderson 2023. But like I said before, the, the, the percentages are pretty scattered this time because I gave so many options. Like I gave Trevin Henderson in 2021, 2022, and 2023. 
So there was more support for Trevor Henderson to win, but in a different year. And we'll, I'll read out the full rankings later. But here, he it was like barely in the top 10 that Trevor Henderson would win in 2023 because people could only pick one. So actually, if you picked him to go in 2022, I'll go ahead and say that. It was more – people were more – likely to pick him to win it in 2022 that was the fourth be a finalist be a finalist be a finalist or be a finalist yeah be a finalist so he tied for he was tied with cj stroud 2021 trevon henderson 2022 those were tied for third behind the 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 top two vogators so both about 11 percent. so if you think he's going to get there in 2022 you might also think he'll get there in 2023 but you could only pick the first time you think he'll get there to be the next one this is getting confusing (laughs) doug why don't you go ahead and tell us who you're marking down as the next Heisman Trophy finalist for Ohio State. So we had this conversation, and I think in the end, did you not put this as an option then? I or you did put I, it as an option? I did not. I think I just read you guys. So the list I read was different. I changed the list that I sent you guys, you guys, Stephen and Doug. I changed that before I sent it to the Texas. I took off – I'll go ahead and say it. I took off Quinn Ewers 2024 to add another more um, – a player who will be playing would be a candidate sooner. I think that's why I, I added um, Emeka Ibuka in there maybe for 20. Emeka Ibuka and, 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 and Marvin Harrison Jr. 2022. Okay. So I added two other receivers into the mix and took off just because that was the only 2024 option I think I had on there. So my pick is Quinn Ewers 2024. And let me ask this. That it will be Quinn Ewers third year just like Trevor Lawrence as the number one recruit in the country became a Heisman finalist for the first time in his third year. Do we all think that Quinn Ewers will be a Heisman finalist in 2024? Like, do we all agree on that idea as a junior, probably a second year starter, he will be a Heisman finalist that year or or third year starter. I think it's a, it's a fair bet. It's a safe bet to say for someone he will be a Heisman Trophy if, finalist in 2024. If you could bet on anybody associated with Ohio State to be a Heisman Trophy finalist in a certain year, right? In 2021, 22, 23, or 24, if you could make one bet and you had to make the bet and you had to get it right, and it wasn't how many other people did it first, if you had to make one bet, I would bet. Quinn Ewers 2024. I think it is the most sure thing. He's the number one recruit in the country as a junior. Will he be a Heisman finalist? Yes, I think he will be. Do you agree with that idea? Without the caveat of, of whether he would be the next to do it. Yes. yes no, just yes. 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 Agree. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I, I would go as far as I think he might win it in 2024, but that's a different yeah, and if we were going to say, pick a winner, pick an Ohio State winner, yeah. would you bet that might be – it's just logical. Mm-hmm. The third year of the number one recruit in the country, that might be the bet you make every year. Who is the number one recruit in the country? If he's an offensive player, I will bet him to win the Heisman as a junior. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what we all agree upon. We're unanimous here. This is not a weird pick by me. It's just, do you think someone else will be a Heisman finalist in the three years before that, in 2021, 22, or 2023? And here's why I'm saying, no, there won't be. Because since Troy Smith, and again, we have had a lot of conversation about top 10, top five. We're talking about getting to New York. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. In the 14 years since Troy Smith won it, 
three Buckeyes have gotten to New York, okay? Dwayne Haskins in 2018, Justin Fields in 2019, Chase Young in 2019. Now, they're all bunched right here. So does that mean all of a sudden Ohio State has a Heisman finalist every year? Right. Or is it just a weird little window? 2018, their run game is for farts. They don't know how to run the ball. They forgot how to run the ball. They were doing RPOs. The offensive linemen were driving themselves crazy. J.K. Dobbins was in his own head. Mike Weber wasn't that great. And they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to throw it 50 times a game. And you know what else? Our defense sucks. So guess what happened? Their quarterback put up bananas numbers. Bananas numbers. And Dwayne Haskins got to New York. He was Andre Ware. He was Andre Ware. And that is not a shot at Dwayne Haskins. But it wasn't exactly normal. 2019, they have a defensive guy who we have never seen before. Have you seen a guy like that? I've been doing this for 16 years. I've never seen a guy like that. Did you see what he did? I can't count on that. I'm not counting on that. Okay, so that's Chase Young in 2019. And then it's Justin Fields in 2019. Man, that guy came in. He clicked with Ryan Day. That was more normal. That was just a really good quarterback in a really good system playing really well but I still think it was exceptional for that guy to play like that and guess what the next year he didn't make it now it was a pandemic it was weird it was ever but he was still really good and he just had enough hiccups to not make it so it's not like if you have a Justin Fields quarterback and a Ryan Day offense it's a slam dunk guaranteed sure thing so those are the three guys in the last 14 years that have gotten to New York for Ohio State. So in 2021, do I think C.J. Stroud is going to – here's what I'm going to say generally. I don't think C.J. Stroud in his career is going to be as good as Justin Fields. So I think – I'm going to just – I'm not betting on this, but I'm going to assume C.J. Stroud is going to be the starting quarterback in 2021 and 2022. I think he'll be very good. I think he'll be a slight step below Heisman Trophy finalist. Then we get to 2023. They have 10. They have 10 candidates. I don't know what's going to happen. I think they might take votes from each other. They could have five guys make it, but they also might have nobody make it because they're all stealing votes from each other. Because I think it'll be Quinn Ewers as the starting quarterback in 2023 as a sophomore and all those juniors we just talked about. And then the the seas will part and Quinn Ewers will be standing there as the former number one recruit in the country. And I would bet a sum of money that he will be a Heisman Trophy finalist in 2024. And I just think they might just have guys who are just a scooch beneath it in 21 and 22, and 23 is too much of a mess. That's why I'm picking Quinn Ewers in 2024, because we can talk ourselves into what we said earlier. Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, they all finished in the top five, but JT and Braxton still never got there. And it is hard to get there, brother. It is hard to get there. So the only guy that I really am betting on breaking through is Quinn Ewers in 2024. And it's no insult to Ohio State to, like, go four years without a Heisman Trophy finalist. They'll be okay. Now, the hard thing is, and I haven't looked this up, I'm not sure that you can win that national championship without a Heisman Trophy finalist anymore. We kind of talked about that before, right? Like, it's, it seems like it's I don't know a if you real can. direct correlation. The last Heisman Trophy winner, to, the last person to win it and not make the playoff was Lamar Jackson. So that would be, but what was the, I guess my question is, what's the last, what's the last national championship winner to not have a Heisman Trophy finalist? 
because who won the national championship in 2016? Well, right. Um, That's my question. Cause we're not talking about winning know, it. 2018, 2018, Trevor Lawrence didn't go to New York. Did yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clemson, Clemson, 2018. Clemson won in 2018. Okay. And that was a little goofy because they had a freshman quarterback who took over into yeah. the season and wasn't going to get there. So, so anyway, is it possible? The hard thing would be, we're talking about Ohio state having so many good players in 23, they're going to have five experienced players that we think are Heisman candidates, four juniors and a sophomore. Could they win the national championship in 2023 and none of them get to New York? That might be a hard bet. And like the way we're talking about Ohio State, I think I might pick Ohio State to win the national championship in 2023. And if that team wins the national championship with the way it's going to be constructed, uh, they, they probably do have a Heisman finalist. So my pick might be off. But because it's so muddled, I'm going to take Quinn in 24. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And it's especially like there are other factors that come into this too. Like I picked Trevor Henderson for 2023. I think Ohio state, I can tell you right now that um, between um, Donovan Jackson and um, whatever tackle they end up with this year, if they land one of these five-star tackles and probably still Luke Whipler at that point, like they've got, a pretty strong offensive line that they're building there, but we don't know for sure, like what that offensive line will look like. Do they put together a great offensive line for 2023? Like, you know, like it, those things come into factor too. And it's it sometimes even just two or three yards, two or three years down the line, it can be hard to project the structure that helps a guy have the success he would need to, to win a high, to get, to be a Heisman finalist. Travion Henderson's case gets a lot more interesting. If Parrish feels like he needs a second year of being a left tackle. Because then you're, then it's like, yeah, you've got probably the Outland fa- favorite. Uh, Luke Whipler might be a Remington Ward favorite. Donovan Jackson's like Wyatt Davis 2.0. And then you're filling it out with two other top 100 guys. But it's hard. I mean, I do. It's like one of those things. It's like I do think generally you can assume that Ohio State will probably have great guys doing it. Because it's like yeah. even – so Paris Lee is probably going to – to get a portal guy and put him at left tackle, who's a first That's true. round pick, or or a Thayer Munford will arise. That again, I mean, that we didn't see yeah. coming. So, um, and at the moment, and I don't, I, you know, I don't know how you would put percentages on this. We could maybe do a podcast on this and try to apply percentages. The percent chance of okay, the starting quarterbacks in 21, 22, 23, 24, right? Like who's who's the starting quarterback each of those four years? I'm operating for the moment under the assumption that it's Stroud in 21 and 22, that he goes pro and it's Ewers in 23 and 24, that Ewers in 22 as a true freshman backs up CJ, but then Ewers takes over in 23 because CJ's not here anymore. So operating under that assumption, you know, I think Ewers as a true, as a sophomore in 23 with all that talent around him is not a bad Heisman pick either. Yep. You know, if they're going to be the best team in the country, which they might be, I think that's not bad. I think if you want to have an argument over whether Henderson or Ewers, Henderson in year three as a third-year starter, Ewers in year two as a first-year starter in 23, who's the better Heisman candidate? I don't know. Ewers is certainly there. So, but, like, that's – it's hard to figure out because that quarterback thing I just spelled out is no Kyle McCord. Crap, Kyle McCord could be the starter this year. I don't yeah. know. Like, I mean, it's just – it is really hard to get a handle – on what the next four years of Ohio State quarterbacking is going to look like. So yours was not – the one you picked was not one of the ones I sent out. It was one of the six other votes that we got. So it was one of the things that people mentioned when they could write in their own vote. Uh, Quinn Ewers, 2024, third and final year in the program. He should be at his best. Here were the other others that were mentioned. Uh, Ewers and Henderson, 2022. So somebody I, – I did make people pick only one. Like I was saying before, like when I picked 
Trevian Henderson for 2023. Quinn Ewers could easily be 2023 as well. And I guess I wouldn't be wrong if they both got there that year, right? So I'm, that, that's also a bit of an easier uh, pick. Uh, Marvin Harrison, 2023. Someone said the two QBs after Ewers. I don't know if that means both of the QBs. I guess it means two QBs removed from Ewers. So that would be several years down the line, I guess, before Ohio State would have another finalist. Somebody said none, which was none of the choices that I gave. I, like I said, there were almost two dozen of them. And then a final vote for Doug Lamarice, 2021. You were, um, not, you were not on the board by Vegas Insider either, which was another travesty. I mean, I don't think a long snapper has been a Heisman finalist yet, but if anybody can do it, it's me. Doug, do you – so you are picking 2024 Quinn Ewers as the next finalist. I picked Trevin Henderson 2023. So are we saying – because Stephen picks – C.J. Stroud to be a finalist this coming year. So he thinks that, that that run of Ohio State starting quarterbacks being top five Heisman vote-getters is going to continue. Do you think it ends with whoever this next starter is? Um, so, like – That's not, a tough that, needle to thread to say, but now we're well, I don't Harris, think he'll ever again, be a finalist, but yeah. he will be a top five vote-getter. Because two of the guys in the top five were not finalists. I mean, I right. think C.J. Stroud could be, like, very JT-like in a completely different way, like play nothing like him, but be like really, really, really good and a great leader and a great winner and absolutely a guy you can win a national title with. Eh, not quite a New York guy. And like, I, that's not, I mean, like, right. That's, that's, that's not an insult, but it's just, and it goes back to a little bit what you said, Nathan. It's like, all right, well, Justin was the number two recruit in the country. Quinn Ewers is the number one recruit in the country. CJ Stroud was 42. So like it's, it's not the same thing. So I'm a little, I'm just a half step back on, on some of my, you know, predictions for him. Yeah, I think I would probably vote that it ends too, but mostly because any other time a quarterback has come in, in this stretch, going back to 2012, they get to kind of go out on their own terms like, they get to take as many shots as they want at being great. Like, Dwayne Haskins really only took the one shot, but was great and left. You know, Justin Fields got his two full years here. That may not be the case for whoever wins this job this year. That's the other thing to remember, that, like, somebody could be really good this year and kind of put themselves on the map, and then Quinn Ewers comes in, and it changes their dynamic next spring. So that it may be kind of a technicality as to why this ends, because this next starting quarterback may not get a full career to try to get back there, unless you're counting the years that didn't go. We didn't mention Joe Burrow among all the Ohio State quarterback stuff that we talked about before, but he was another Ohio State quarterback, sort of, who was not just a Heisman finalist, but won the whole thing. Um, going back to the texter, so who do you guys think the texters picked? After we've considered ours, would you to guess who you guys think the texters picked as the next Heisman Trophy finalist for Ohio State? Ewers in 23. Yeah, I'm gonna go off the ledger. McCord, twenty-two. Interesting. Quinn Ewers in twenty twenty-three was the second most popular vote. It was a close vote between first and second. About twenty-four percent of the vote went to Quinn Ewers twenty twenty-three. The that, number one Stroud twenty-two. Yeah, the number one vote getter was yes, C.J. Stroud in twenty twenty-two. So it'd be a second year starting C.J. Stroud, third year in the program. Which kind of, again, it, it, it's sort of what you were saying, Doug. It's just a different quarterback. It's like their third year in the program, kind of that natural progression. Um, 
and some of the other dynamics would be the same too, right? Like you wouldn't necessarily have like a running back maybe at that stage who's taking away a lot of votes. You could build some juice going into that season. I think it's a it's a it's a reasonable pick. I understand why they picked that. Quinn Ewers, and then I already said CJ Stroud 2021 and Trayvon Henderson 2022 were tied for third. Uh, next highest was Quinn Ewers 2022, so debuting as a true freshman Heisman finalist. We talked before about how that's rare but not impossible. Um, and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in 2021 were the next two highest vote getters with about five percent each. So we talked before again about why that's not impossible, but unlikely but I think it's it was interesting to me that all of these quarterbacks and then Kyle McCord was actually the next highest Kyle McCord 2022 so not this year but winning the job this year and becoming the starter keeping that job next year that was tied with Trey Van Henderson 2023 as the next most popular so it finished the top half of the vote so depending on who you ask like there, there's support for pretty much any quarterback currently committed to Ohio State to win a Heisman Trophy or to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Even Jack Sawyer was getting some, or Jack Miller, I should say, was getting some down ballot support, scant down ballot support, but some down ballot support to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. So I still think that I might end up being wrong about Trevian Henderson because I, maybe we are just in a trend where Ohio state quarterbacks get that benefit of the doubt from the voting body that they go into every season with some of that juice already built in that you should expect the Ohio state's quarterback to be in that mix. It's that, plus it's just always a safe bet at this point to say a quarterback is going to win the Heisman unless somebody at another position just does something so ridiculous that to not give it to them would just be stupid. I think that's the difference between the Ohio State quarterback. We're not, again, we're not talking about winning the Heisman. We're not talking about winning the Heisman. We're talking about being a finalist. And there's always some goofy right. guys who are finalists. So, like, I, I don't think Trevion Henderson's going to win the Heisman. But I think picking him as a finalist is quite possible, right? I mean, I yeah, think there, right. that, that it's, it's, we're doing different things. But I also think that that is the difference that we were talking before about that sort of comparison between Ohio State quarterback and Wisconsin running back. But the big difference is that quarterbacks have dominated this award so much recently that it puts the Ohio State quarterback in kind of a different plane than the Wisconsin running back even. Even as much tradition as there is there, they have to like break through the quarterback wall to be in consideration, whereas any Ohio State quarterback has already kind of has that going for them that they play the right position. Yeah, so no, Wisconsin running back's never going to win one again. Ron you don't Day think they'll ever last. win one again. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always going to be a quarterback in the way. Melvin Gordon was, like, electric, right? But, like, guess what? Marcus Mariota was in the way. And there's, just this, there's always going to be, as Steven said, there's, just, there's always going to be at least one quarterback, probably two, from a big-time program that's going to be in the way of a running back, I think. Well, and on top of that, Wisconsin is sort of even changing maybe the way that it does things a little bit. We'll see how good um, Graham Mertz ends up being, but they may be getting away a little bit from that identity that they had for so long and, and mixing things up a little bit more, balancing the offense a little bit more, or at least recruiting quarterbacks who are better when they do balance the offense. We talked about Heisman stuff for almost two hours. This is like a big waste yeah. of blood. I know. This went, this went way longer than I, I thought it would. But I, we kind of had an idea that we'd have some good discussions, and I think we did. And it's going to be interesting. I think the other good thing, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan listening to this, know that there are very, 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 very few programs in the country that can have a two-hour conversation about all of the potential Heisman Trophy candidates that are flooding into their program or who are already here. Like, I, I – I know that people don't like it when I'm kind of coming in from the outside, but like you guys need to have that perspective. Like you're in a, you're in a special place. 
this this doesn't happen most places, especially like where you know you have three quarterbacks committed who a lot of people would consider like strong potential Heisman Trophy finalists someday. And that doesn't include Jack Miller, who was once a pretty high prospect. I mean, you're you're in you're in rare air and you should kick back and enjoy it. I think it's gonna be a fun four or five years at least coming up for Ohio State. With that being said, I think Alabama should have to do this, and their mark it down isn't a person. Just say, mark down which position do you think is going to win the next Heisman Trophy. That's really the only other program that has a conversation like this. They have three. They have three at quarterback, three at running back, and three at wide receiver. That's ridiculous. No, and two at wide receiver. That's ridiculous. Um, for Alabama, I'm going to go 2022 Jamison Williams. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> Why not? You know, that's what you do. You come to Ohio State, you get developed, and then you go to the SEC and win the Heisman. And then that's everybody will be like, it'll be like with Burrow. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, well, KC's one of us. Yeah, everybody will be excited. Oh, that's the SEC's new recruiting pitch. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't come here. Go up there. Spend two years being a backup and not getting used, and then come down here after they've, they're done with you. Don't come here first. We don't want to develop you. Doug, do we already have Tuesday set to go, or will people have to be surprised? No, I think I think not. Okay. So, like, we're like our heads are scattered, uh, listeners, because like we're starting to plan. Uh, I got a bunch of vacation in June. These guys have a bunch of vacation in July. Like, we're hitting that summer thing. We're trying to backlog stuff. Oh no, wait. Well, no, because I'm I'm actually recording something Monday with somebody that I'm actually going to save for the next week. So I don't want to waste okay. it on Tuesday, but it is a. Uh, Braxton Miller discussion. It's not with Braxton Miller, but it's a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while. So uh, we'll probably get to that the next week when I'm in Disney World. We may have to just do a, a rapid fire or something on Tuesday. We have some yeah. news that we may have to catch up on and some things at that point, but we will keep you guys posted. If you get the text 614-350-3315, we may invite you to add your thoughts and, and comments and votes to the podcast. Until then, I'm Nathan Baird for Doug Lamarice and Stephen Means. That was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>